Halloween, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show and the second edition of the new series, The Week in Review, where I go over Raw, NWA Power, and then also AEW Dynamite, give you my thoughts on each of the shows and tell you which show was the best one and uh, kind of rank each show. But before I get to that, I'd like to comment on the Jordan Miles thing uh i didn't think it was handled the best by both sides but jordan miles really could have kept that off social media that was just that social media is not the solution to problems anymore you got to do it it's not the it's never been the solution to the to uh it's never been the solution to problems really it usually actually causes more issues than it actually helps I, I'm just saying that I think it. I think he could have kept that off social media and could have addressed it in person instead of on a platform where it's known to have a lot of hateful comments and other things. But that's just my take on it. It could have stayed off social media and it could have been handled privately instead of publicly. But but uh, let's get to the let's get to the good stuff. The Monday Night Raw show. This week's episode of Monday Night Raw. I thought it was, uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, though. Uh, the Becky Lynch Sakari Sane match was pretty good from what I got to see. Enjoyed that quite a bit. I like that. Before the match, they, uh, actually addressed the Paige situation and actually ended their kind of alliance with her, Asuka and Kairi Sane. And then, but, Becky Lynch and Kyrie Sane, they had a pretty good match on that show. And then after that was uh, Buddy Murphy and R-Truth. R-Truth is so good. Actually, when he gets an opportunity to wrestle in-ring, he might have got a little bit too much, a little too much offense in against Buddy Murphy, but it was all right for what it was. Nothing really special. Got Buddy Murphy another win. Just maybe R-Truth getting in a little too much offense on Buddy Murphy, but not terrible match. Next was the AOP vignette. I'm getting tired of seeing these. All honesty, I'm getting tired of seeing these. When are these, when are these guys going to have a match? The Viking Raiders don't even have a... They don't have a formidable team to face currently. It just, it just doesn't... I don't know why you keep airing these vignettes. Vignettes are only good for so long. And these vignettes don't seem like they're really doing it. They're not doing anything for me, to be honest. And then the Street Profits promo that night, eh, it could have been better. They didn't really address anything during that promo, so I don't know. I didn't think it was that great. And then we had the repeat of a uh, week before where Ricochet took on Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre getting the win the last week. This is kind of the try to hype up a 
crown jewel it was it was good it wasn't like that i thought the match last week was better and i was really wondering why they didn't do a fresh matchup to get people kind of interested like randy orton versus ricochet but uh, i you figured it out by the end of the match and it was like oh this was all setting up the rko by randy orton i was i didn't have a problem with it it's it's always fun to see an RKO and then Ricochet. Wow, what a sell from Ricochet on the RKO. One of the best sells I've ever seen on an RKO. And then there was a backstage promo with OC and AJ Styles with Humberto Carrillo, which was, it was all right, just set up a match for later in the night between the two. And then we got the Viking Raiders versus local talents that were well they were in st louis and it was kind of a jab at the cubs with uh, rizzo and bryant it was it was nothing why are the viking raiders in my opinion having squash matches as champions literally their whole run up to the tag team championships were pretty much squash matches pretty much squash matches that's all i saw out of them on their tag team journey and why are they still doing the same thing when they're tag team champions they should have at least some kind of opponent and have some kind of competitive match but we don't ever get to see that because all we get out of the viking raiders is squash matches and then we had another rematch from last week with andrade and zelina vega with sincar and sincar actually had backup because zelina vega got the big assist in that first victory against uh well for Andrade against Sin Cara Sin Cara brings in Carolina Carolina looked good that was that was interesting I didn't see the Nessus need to have another match between uh Andrade and Sin Cara and Andrade should be playing of so, uh facing some uh higher profile people but it was okay it was nothing really to write off about and then we got the Iconics against Charlotte, uh, the odd pairing of Charlotte Flair and Natalia. I get it that they both have big family lineages. This match never really clicked all that much. And this was kind of weird. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it really that well. Oh, before that, we had a Seth Rollins interview. It was all right. Nothing, nothing great there, but, but, uh, no, that was after the Iconics match. Never mind. Up next was the Iconics against Charlotte Flair and Natalia. An odd pairing, just kind of a random throw-together team, which I think they were trying to do based off the family kind of lineages between the two. Charlotte with Charlotte's dad being Rick and Natalia's dad being Jim the Anvil Nightheart. It just never seemed to click tag-wise between those two. I like the Iconics a lot. Their offense is fun. Peyton Royce hit an awesome spin kick during this match. It was pretty sweet. It was right on the point. Normally it's not, but it was really nice on that. But other than that, it was kind of a eh, forgettable match. And then Rollins, he had a interview backstage and uh, kind of addressing his upcoming match against Rowan later in the night, which was actually up next. Nothing special. Just your typical Seth Rollins promo saying he's got a, he's going to beat the Fiend and burn it down and such. It was nothing all that great. And, uh, and uh, Seth Rollins, Eric Rowan in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Decent match. Uh, didn't really care for it, kind of. I didn't really care for I didn't, well, find the need to care for it. I just didn't see the... I, it was, I, I, I guess I could see with Seth Rollins, well, with Bray Wyatt 
for, uh, being aligned with Eric Rowan back in the day. It was just trying to get him a kind of a win against a monster, I'm assuming. That's kind of what they were going for, I think. A win, a win against the monster heading into Crown Jewel. Seth Rollins winning. I like the finish. I like the finish where he uses the forklift to keep Rowan down and kind of going all the nece- the necessary means to beat Rowan. I haven't seen that forklift finish since, what, Mick Foley did it on The Rock to pin him for the WWE Championship back in the uh, 90s. And then we got oh, another... Later on, we had a Alistair Black vignette. Uh, another one of those. I don't know why he keeps doing it. We need to see vignettes out of him. I just ra- I, Honestly, I'd rather him be the silent kind of killer. Because he's... He's pretty awesome in, in ring, and he's very fun to watch. I just wish they could find for find something for him to do, get him in a program with some high-profile name. And then after that was the AJ Styles versus Humberto Carrillo match. It was a solid match, not bad. I enjoyed it. They're, try, they're trying to build Humberto as a kind of a big deal, giving him these high-profile matches against AJ Styles and... The week before it was Seth Rollins and him being very competitive in those matches. I like what they're doing with him. It's so far, it's taken. It's going to take probably a while, but so far, it's not. He's not really clicking with the fans. He's. It's just. Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna have to see where it goes, but uh, he hasn't clicked with fans, in my opinion, so far. And then last but not least, it was the King's Court or the Divorce Court, as he liked to call it between Rusev and Lana. Holy crap, that was a fart. So bad. Lana's acting was very cringeworthy and then talking about how Rusev's a sex freak and all he did was want to put a baby in her and such. And This angle could not end any sooner, in my opinion. But, yeah, I just, it was awful. And then, Rusev getting the crap kicked out of him by the end of it and such. It's just, I don't <laughs> love angle. WWE, I don't know how to, I don't think they know how to do a love angle. But teach their own. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm not into these kind of love angles and such. And they've already done this a lot three times with Lana and Rusev. They did it first time, they did it with Rusev, with uh, Lana and Dolph Ziggler. And then it was Summer Ray with Rusev. And then. The next one was Enzo Amore, and they keep trying to. They keep going back to this, and it's never worked. And I, that, and that honestly should not be main eventing Raw. People are not going to stick around to watch that kind of hot garbage. But it, it, one thing they did, it got views on YouTube. So I guess if that's what they're going for, they got that. So Raw, eh, it was middle of the road. Middle of the road for me. Tuesday was NWA Power. Man, this show has been enjoyable for the last few weeks. Really enjoyed the old school feel, as I've mentioned multiple times on this show. But uh, it started with the interview. These interview segments are really, really good. NWA knows how to use an hour. They, I don't even think it went an hour. It was fifty minute, about 50 minutes or so. They were get to, able to get so much in efficiently too and it was good stuff in 50 minutes but storm 
is at the first thing is kind of to set up a match later in the night with Colt Cabana kind of uh, interrupting his promo because he has the t- the national title. Uh, t- uh, not Tim Storm, but uh, James Storm has the national title, and he's kind of wanting to get his shot at uh, at Nick Aldis for the NWA title because the national title is kind of the ticket to the NWA title. It just sets up a match later in the night because Aldis comes out and kind of wakes a deal. If Storm wins, he gets a shot at the NWA championship. And then if Aldis's team wins, Colt Cabana gets his shot at the NWA tag team, not NWA tag team, but the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, the 10 pounds of gold. I thought this was a good angle to set up it, set up a six-man later in the night with it was Aldis and Colt Cabana as a team, and I, th- I think Mr. Anderson joined them too. And then it was uh, it was Storm, and then also a couple of other guys, Thomas Latimer, and also Royce Isaacs. Next segment, but I thought it was a solid segment overall. Oh, Eli Drake also got involved in that segment because Eli Drake in this segment he was kind of. In the middle of it, he did. He could be in line for a title shot here soon. I don't know. We'll see. I hope so. He's he's very good, very very good. But uh, he's a very good promo guy and such. But he thinks that uh, he thought James Storm should be getting a shot at the world's heavyweight championship. But yeah, this is a good segment with the with those four guys in there. It's set up something later in the night. Also. Uh, there was another interview after that. It was uh, with Trevor Murdoch, who had a match a couple weeks ago on NWA Power. And uh, I'd like to see his career resurgence. He just seems like an NWA guy. He seemed like he would probably fit in back in the 80s because he's a really big throwback to the old school. But he gets a match. He wants the contract. And then Josephus had to face him because he threw uh, the salt though the powder in Colt Gabbana's face last week. So Murdoch comes out. He has a, he has a match with Josephus. It goes pretty quick as Murdoch, when Josephus goes to get the salt, uh, Murdoch kicks it before he throws it, and it kicks it right into Josephus's face. Uh, Flying Bulldog from Murdoch gets the win. It was nothing really special. I think Josephus is what they're trying to do with Josephus is kind of portray him as a uh, kind of a comedic heel, which I don't mind. There's been good comedic heels like what Santino Morella is a prime example of a uh, comedic heel, but it was not, nothing really special in that match. But it's nice to see Murdoch get a win, and then. Also, there was another interview after this, setting up a later match between Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks. Not bad. I like the banter between these two. I enjoyed that. And that set up a match later in the night. And then there's a next match was was a kind of a no DQ match set up a few weeks ago. It was uh, Eddie Kingston and Homicide versus the Dawsons, kind of stemming from their issues, dating back all the way to the first week of power. But I liked I liked this match, kind of hard-hitting, kind of no-nonsense. And then I liked the finish, actually, where 
Latimer and his partner, the tag champs, uh, interfered, but one hit one person and one hit the other person. Uh, like one hit one person hit a member of Kingston. Well, the team of Kingston and Homicide, and the other hit one of the members of the Dawsons, which kind of brings up an interesting like, oh, wonder what that was all about kind of things. I like those kind of things. It makes you think. Wrestling, it's supposed to make you think sometimes. It's like in storytelling, it kind of makes you. I like that storytelling because it makes you get. It makes you have to wonder what's next. What's next? But uh, the Dawson's won that match, and then all next match was Ashley Vox versus Marty Bell. For the time they got, they had a decent match. As uh, Allison K was standing beside the ring trying to see which one impressed them, Vox got the win. Not a bad match on the kind of a kind of a roll up situation, but uh, the, the 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 thing with NWA Power and their matches is nothing's going to be super duper special. It's not going to be like oh my gosh, blow your mind, good during the show, but it's solid work. And then next was the Ricky Starks Aaron Stevens match. Solid match there, nothing too crazy. It was kind of a short match. On that, but I like to see Stevens in there. He he plays such a good heel. He's he's great. It's it's makes me makes me think of him back in WWE as his uh heel character in Damian Sandow and the character he had as Miz Dow, where he's kind of a he's kind of Miz's stunt double, which is kind of funny because that just made me think. Aaron Stevens back when he was in WWE was Miz's stunt double and then during the promo earlier he asked if Ricky Starks wanted to be his uh, stunt double that made me like that promo quite a bit more now but yeah uh, Ricky Starks getting the win I kind of would have preferred if Aaron Stevens got the win there kind of build up some heat with him but it was alright and then it brings us to the main event between James Storms, Royce Isaacs, Tom Latimer, and Nick Aldis. Oh, versus Nick Aldis, Colt Cabana, and Ken Anderson. Some good six-man action in that match. Uh, oh, I like the finish of this match, actually. That finish of this match where everyone was hitting their big moves and all, in, all of them ended up down in the ring. And then uh, I like the Superman finish by Colt Cabana. Latimer gets knocked down. And then Cabana, he goes Superman dives into his uh, kind of roll-up pin. And then that's that brings him to the wins for the national title. But a solid show nonetheless from NWA Power. They're not going to blow your mind with their show, but they have a lot of good promo work. And the matches are solid, and they get so much in in an hour, and it's really good. And they continue and build the stories that they have going on. And that just that short hour time span. And then the last thing I'll be reviewing this week is AE... Well, not reviewing. Before that, I get to the AEW Dynamite review. Uh, I will have my Crown Jewel review for WWE up Friday morning. So it should be interesting show. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I know it aired earlier on today. But I'll get to you... I'll get you that tomorrow morning so be prepared for that but AEW Dynamite last night that was that was kind of it was a good it was a pretty good show overall I'll say that there was one segment in that show that I didn't really enjoy 
and I'll address that here in a few minutes, but we'll start out with Hangman Adam Page and Sammy Guevara. Holy crap. Was that a good match and a hot opener? It's and this is the most fans have been behind Adam Page since he since he's gotten there. He got that initial push and it just seemed like the fans weren't into him as much. But then I don't know what happened recently, but man, that the crowd was so into him and so into this match and Page looked really good. Both Page and Guevara had a really good match and I like the finish where they uh Finish with the buckshot lariat because that man, that's a devastating move. But Guevara and Page put in the work here and had a really, really good match to start off this show. And Page, it sets up his uh, next max match with Pac. And uh, they had a match on Dynamite where Pac got the win. But Page and Pac, they'll be at full gear. Looking, really looking forward to that match. Next was Hikaru Shida versus Shanna. They had. A, I thought they had a pretty good match. I, a complete unknown to me was Shanna, and she really impressed me in this match. And Sheeta, I remember her in the Riho match a couple weeks ago, and I really thought she was really good. And these both, they both had a pretty good match. I just think it went a little bit too. I just think it went a little too long, but still, it was a pretty good match. And a, the running knee strike got the win for Hikaru Shida. But uh, it was a very enjoyable match. I love the action. Just a little too long for my uh, liking. But And then it, this brings up something else. After this, there was a Brandy Rhodes vignette, which was, I don't know what was going on, all honesty. I really kind of, some like witchcraft and then Awesome Kong's in there and such. Somebody, uh, Cage Side Seats did address this. I uh, I noticed this. We're getting matches every week with new talent and such, but we're not building any stories. Who's Rio going to face at full gear? They haven't really built any stories up and really any contenders for Rio's title. It seems like a similar issue to what WWE is doing with their Raw Tag Team Championships and their Tag Team Championships in general. And then later on, it was after that, it was uh, the Rock and Roll Express coming out to present the... uh, AEW World Tag Team Champions who would be crowned later in the night. I like that the Inner Circle keeps getting involved in stuff and uh, keeps kind of wreaking havoc over AEW. And then the Young Bucks coming out there and kind of saving them because that's the Young Bucks are kind of the Rock and Roll Express is kind of kind of inspiration are kind of inspirations are are they are inspirations to the to the Young Bucks. But after that, it was some weird limo segment where Cody and uh, Tony Schiavone are on the way to the show and they're telling a story. It was it was before this uh, six man tag between uh, QT Marshall, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus the Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. It just fell out of place and uh, really unnecessary because he kind of told some story and such and. It didn't really click with me, and it was kind of just really, really, really awkward. Up next was a QT Marshall, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Harmless fun there. Enjoyed that. They kind of it was Rick and Morty kind of taking over the show on Halloween in a way. But uh, Orange Cassidy, just so much fun to watch. And then both the best friends, 
They're really fun to watch also. But it was harmless fun. Best friends in Orange Cassidy getting the win. And then up that up next was the contract signing between Cody and Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho in a freaking purple and orange pumpkins uh, suit jacket. Oh my gosh. That's, that's, Jericho is just hilarious. And then I love it, his promos now. I love his promo work. I've always loved his promo work, but it's even better now that he's in a AEW because he doesn't really have a whole lot of a filter. Well, he doesn't have a the filter of a TV PG anymore, and he gets to kind of say the for the most part what he wants. But uh, late in that thing, there uh, I liked where they did this. Cody comes out, not Cody, but uh, Jericho wants him to shake his hand and such. Pretty calm conf- contract signing. It was like a little too calm. So Jericho goes to shake his hand. He shake hands, and then. Sammy Guevara is back on his phone videotaping stuff and it's Jake Hager beating the crap out of Dustin outside the limo and Cody has to run back and go try to save him and then Jericho says something that's absolutely hilarious it says you might want to take him to the hospital well quote you might want to take him to the hospital man happy Halloween but uh, as Jericho lights a cigar and he leaves the arena with uh, his crew, his uh, inner circle buddies, Jake Hager's being, I like the way Jake Hager's being portrayed. They're not even addressing his WWE character. He's more addressing him as an MMA tough guy. And it, it's been it's been interesting to watch. And it kind of improves the story as Cody thought he had numbers on him now. But he, Cody had like he thought he had equivalent numbers to Jericho's inner circle, but now he doesn't. His brother's pretty much taken out his because his brother's brother Dustin got his arm shut into the into the uh, limousine door. But I liked how this furthers the story and kind of furthers the uh, kind of emotion that is going to go into this match between Cody and Jericho. And then after that was the hybrid to Angelico and Jack Evans versus. And Kip Sabian versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Nothing really special there. It was a decent match. Uh, like that both teams got in plenty of offense. Kind of, I kind of want to see Angelico and Jack Evans get a win sometime here soon. Because it doesn't seem like they hardly ever, they've really not, they've won what, two matches? And I think that was in an eight-man tag or something. I don't remember, but... I, I, I kind of it's kind of getting old seeing those guys take losses and they just got these new heel characters introduced. It'd be nice to see them get a win. I know it's not going to be against the Young Bucks and a Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega needs the momentum going into his full gear match between him and John Moxley. But it was a fun high flying match. Everyone getting in their uh, getting in their offense. Kenny Omega winning with his one winged angel, which is always always beautiful. I like the angle after the match where Santana and Ortiz were dressed up as kind of uh, Rick and Morty fans slash Young Bucks fans. They shake their hands and they take shots at them and hit them both or whatever and try to take them out. And then the Santana and Ortiz run away. It's just furthering the issues between the elite and the inner circle, which I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying. And it's setting up more of their match at full gear where they take on each other in a tag match, the Young Bucks, and then... Hernandez and Ortiz. And then 
Next was that segment between the librarian and uh, Pete Avalon and Leva Bates. And then Dean, not Dean Ambrose, John Moxley comes out and just DDTs him. And then he goes rogue on a promo. Really enjoyed that promo. And he can cut a heck of a promo when he's not scripted. If you give John Moxley freedom, he's going to tear it up promo-wise. But yeah, really good promo from John Moxley telling to AEW to, well, he's going to beat Omega within an inch of his life. And he says to all the people in the back, the suits in the back, he can they can kiss his bleep and get the hell out of the way. Just as simple as that. And then it was the last match of the night, SCU, SoCal Uncensored, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian against the Lucha Brothers, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. It was a pretty good match. I enjoyed that match on the, the for the main event. I just thought they rushed to the finish, and that roll-up just didn't click with me at the end. The inside cradle, I mean. It just, it was too sudden for me on that. I wish we had more of a, just kind of a, Big finish where somebody gets in there, big moves, and they uh, just win cleanly instead of just kind of a kind of a lucky inside cradle. But it was nice to see SCU get the tag championships. I, in all honesty, thought that uh, the Lucha Brothers would win it, but I didn't have a problem with it. But a not all right match to end the night, and uh, that was the end of the AEW Dynamite show celebration for SCU as they win the tag champions are the inaugural AEW tag team champions. And then this is concludes my kind of review of each of the shows. Here's how I would rank them. It's going to be the same as last week. So AEW is going to win again solely based on the wrestling. The promo work was all right. Promo work for the most part was good. It, Except the Cody segment with Tony Schiavone in the limo. I just didn't really enjoy that. But from a promo standpoint, NWA did a very good job. They have Their wrestling was better than it was the last few weeks. Because it was a lot of promos last week. But I still I enjoy their promo work. Their promo work is very, very good. I just like to see a little more wrestling. But... Still, NWA is still a heck of a show to watch, and it's very enjoyable. It's a very fast watch also. But uh, AEW wins the week, followed by NWA Power in second, then Monday Night Raw in third. I'm hoping for a day where I can say Monday Night Raw will win the week. When that day comes, I don't know. We'll have to see here coming up as they build up towards Survivor Series after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. But be sure to like, share, and subscribe to my podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. And then also follow well, follow my Twitter, Sig Daddy Wrestle, both Facebook and Twitter, Sig Daddy Wrestle. And then if you haven't already subscribed to my podcast on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off. Thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.